as we continue to turn our eyes Godward to the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, we want to help our, our kids this morning as we gather together to worship the Lord, to help them to better understand what it is we do and when we gather together in Jesus' name to worship Him. Uh, and so we continue reading through the Jesus Storybook Bible, which helps us to connect all, many of the stories of the Bible with the, how they point us to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this morning we're continuing with a story called God to the Rescue. Now, if you remember last week, we were talking about, you remember Joseph and his brothers? Remember Joseph was a little bit of a braggart. He went around bragging and bragging to his brothers that he had had these dreams that his brothers were going to fall down and worship him. And then beyond that, his dad gave him that coat of many beautiful colors, right? And so the brothers were a little bit jealous. Remember, they sold him into slavery. They wanted him dead. And that whole story, right? How that pointed us to Jesus. Well, in this story... Joseph and his brothers, this is right after them. They've grown old, they've died, and this story is about their children, all right? Joseph and his brothers, their children. They're living in Egypt because, remember, that's where Joseph was. There was a big famine, and all of his brothers and their families came to Egypt to, to be fed and to live through that famine. So now Joseph and his brothers have died, but their families are still there, and they're still in Egypt. And by this point, the family has become huge. They've had lots and lots of children. And they've had lots and lots of children. And it's produced this massive family in Egypt. So, here's where the story picks up. Later on, a new king began to rule in Egypt. But this king, named Pharaoh, did not remember Joseph. And to be honest, he didn't like Joseph's family, who were God's people. And so he made them into slaves and beat them and made them work harder. And so God's people, Joseph's family, cried out to God to rescue them. And you know what? God heard them. He remembered his promise to Abraham. The promise that, remember, he told Abraham he would look after Abraham's family and he would find a way to one day set them free. And thus he did. One day, Moses was looking after a bunch of sheep when something caught his eye. A bush was behaving very oddly. It was flickering with flames. It was on fire. But its leaves weren't burning up. And so Moses took a closer look. And then out of nowhere, a big booming voice, Moses! Moses jumped back. The bush was talking to him. I've heard my people's cries, the bush said. I've seen their tears, so I have come to rescue them. Go tell Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go free. Moses was afraid. The voice in the bush, can you guess whose voice it was? It was God's voice. But God said Moses... There's a little picture of the, the bush on fire, but it's not burning up. God told Moses, I will be with you. So Moses went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, Moses began. Pharaoh, Moses began. God says, and then Pharaoh replies, God, I've never heard of him. I don't know your God. And so Moses kept saying to Pharaoh, God says, let my people go free. 
To which Pharaoh replies, why should I? I don't want to let them go, and I won't let them go. So God gave Pharaoh ten warnings called plagues. And here's how they went. First, God turned the river Nile into blood. So imagine you've been to a river before. You see the water. We're going to be talking about a river this morning in Revelation 22. Well, this water all of a sudden turned to blood. But guess what? Pharaoh still would not let them go. So the next plague, God made frogs come hopping and leaping and jumping. Do you like frogs? What about Olivia? When you see a frog coming, are you the type who catches a frog and pets it? Or do you get away from it? Huh? You have done that before. Are you crazy? You, don't, you won't hold it? Yeah, I won't either. You would? All right, well, how about this? So many frogs that they fill your house. Not just one frog. And they're jumping in your bed. And when you cover up with covers, there's so many of them. You feel the weight of them on your covers. They're becoming heavy upon you. And some of them, there's so many, they get up under the covers with you. And they're hopping all over you. What do you think? You think if God sent something like that, he'd have your attention. You'd say, okay, God, whatever it takes, get these frogs out of here. I mean, that's what you'd think, wouldn't you? But, and Pharaoh did the same. He said, make these frogs go away. And then these people can go free. So it worked. And then God took the frogs away. But Pharaoh changed his mind. He said, nope, never mind. You can't go. So God said, okay, have it your way. And so he sent another plague, gnats. Now we're coming upon that kind of time of year, the gnats are all around. When you get a couple of gnats buzzing around you, do you like that? Does it drive you crazy? They're buzzing and they're just kind of trying to get away. Well, this wasn't a few gnats. This was zillions and zillions. And I don't even know if that's a number, but zillions and zillions of gnats everywhere, all around. So many of them swarming, flies buzzing in your eyes. You can't do this and get, they're just over, in your ears. There's so many of them going around. You think that got Pharaoh's attention? All right, fine, just get rid of these gnats. I'll let the people go. And God got rid of them. But guess what Pharaoh did again? He changed his mind. Once the gnats were gone, forget it, I'm not going to let them go. So God said, fine, I'll send another plague. So after that came sickness and horrible boils. You know what a boil is? It's a big burn on your skin. It's where your skin bubbles up. You ever had a boil before? Sometimes they pop, and it's gross, and it oozes, and it's very painful. Could you imagine? Some people get one, and they're just, it's, it's overwhelming. Imagine a body being covered in them. God sent those. He sent boils. He sent huge hailstones. You ever seen a hail before? Usually it's little things like that. These are big boulders of hail come crashing down. It's devastating things. He sent a swarm of locusts. And then because Pharaoh wouldn't respond to these, one of the other uh, plagues was darkness all day long when it should have been light. And this was not a day. Flashlights didn't exist. And even if you were to light a candle, if God says, let there be darkness, understand that candle ain't going to light. Darkness means darkness. And you know what happens in darkness? Bad things happen. You stub your toe. You trip and fall. You step on Legos. The most annoying and painful thing in all the earth. <laughs> and such it was. Everything in creation was coming undone. 
emptiness, nothingness. But each time Pharaoh said, make it stop and I'll let them go. And each time when God made it stop, Pharaoh subsequently changed his mind and said, actually, no, I'm not going to let you go. So finally, finally, Moses warned Pharaoh, obey God or he will send the worst plague of all. And Pharaoh just laughed. What more could he do? So God said, the oldest boy in each family will die. The oldest boy will die if you won't let my people go. But because some of God's family lived in Egypt, that also meant the oldest in their family would die. So God did this. God told his people, here's how I'm going to protect you. Find a lamb. Kill it. Take some of the blood from that lamb. And on the doorpost of your house, the doorframe where the door is, paint the lamb's blood on top. Because the angel of death is coming to Egypt and is going to kill the firstborn son in every family. Raise your hand. Any firstborn sons? I'm one. In your family, first, we'd, we'd all be dead. When God passes over, though, if he sees the blood on the doorpost, he will skip over your family and go to the next one and kill the firstborn male in that house. As long as the blood is there, everyone in the house will be safe. God will see the blood and know the lamb died instead of the firstborn child. And on the night that the angel of death visited, it was just as God had said. Suddenly piercing the darkness came the screams of families. All the corridors of Egypt came blood-curdling screams. No, no, no! You know why? Their sons were dead. Dropped down dead right there in the house. And at last, Pharaoh did just what God said he should have said. Get out! Get out, all of you. Get out. Leave. No more of this. Just go get out. And so that very night, Moses' family, Joseph's family, Abraham's family, the people of God, they fled out of Egypt, out of slavery. They were free at last. And God's people for future generations would always remember that night when the plague came and death killed the firstborn son, but those who were covered by the blood lived, they would always remember that night through a feast that was called Passover. Now think about it. Can you think why it would be called Passover? What did the angel of death do when he came to a house and he saw the blood over the door? He passed over it to go to another one, to go and kill another child where the blood had not been. And that Passover really is a picture of another Passover because many, many years later, God was going to do this very same thing again. He was going to come down once more and he's going to kill everyone who has sinned against him. Everyone who has dishonored him and has not given him the glory that he deserves. He's going to kill not just the firstborn, but everyone except for those who are covered by the blood. But this time, it's the blood not of an animal lamb, 
It's a blood of a person. Whose blood is it? Jesus. His blood upon the cross. You see, that Passover lamb that saved the life of the firstborn son in the house is a picture of Jesus. And the lamb that was slaughtered so that 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 firstborn son may live is a picture of Jesus' slaughter and death upon the cross. On the cross, Jesus was smitten. He was afflicted. He was cursed. He died upon that cross so that through his blood, for anyone who repents of their sins and confesses faith in Jesus Christ, that his blood is enough for the forgiveness of sins to be reconciled to God, God will pass over the death of that person because he killed Jesus in their place. How wonderful is this Jesus? How magnificent his death. And how the story of the seven, of the, of, I'm sorry, the plagues in Egypt are a picture they drive us to Jesus and our need for him and for his blood. 